0: Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Monday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. And boy, do we have a good one today. We left off on Friday with Peter's miraculous escape from prison. And today, we're moving along into Acts chapter 12, beginning at verse 19, where we encounter the death of Herod. Now, we need to make a distinction here there are four Herods in the Bible that we need to be concerned with. Number one is Herod the Great. He ruled from 37 to 4 BC. He's the guy in the Christmas story, the one to whom the wise men went to get information, and the one who killed the babies in Bethlehem, Herod the Great. Well, he was great, a great builder, but... The only other things he did that were great was kill a whole lot of people. Number two is Herod Antipas. He reigns from four BC to AD 39. Jesus called him in Luke chapter 13, verse 32, the Fox. He received a quarter of his father's territory in Galilee and Perea. He divorced his first wife and married Herodias, the wife of his brother. He is the one who killed John the Baptist. Pontius Pilate sent Jesus to see this Herod, Herod Antipas, during his trial. Number three is Herod Agrippa I. He ruled from about A.D. 37 to 44. He's the grandson of Herod the Great and the nephew of Herodias, Herod Antipas' wife. Eventually, he ruled over a lot Of territory. But he's the one in our story today. He's the one at Caesarea Maritima who will collapse on the stage of the theater at Caesarea, be eaten by worms, and died. That is such a cool story. And finally, Herod Agrippa II, he's the one to whom Paul spoke in the book of Acts, Acts 26, verse 28, the one who said, In a short time, you'll persuade me to become a Christian? So we have the four Herods, and here we deal with Herod Agrippa the first. Now let me read the story to you. Then Herod went from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there a while. Now he had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they now joined together and sought an audience with him. He was quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon. Tyre and Sidon are north of Caesarea Maritima. Caesarea Maritima is right on the Mediterranean coast. South of Caesarea Maritima, about 30 miles south, was Joppa, that was the ancient port. But Herod the Great, I mentioned he was a great builder, and he built an artificial deep water port right there 30 miles north of Joppa and all the way up in Tyre and Sidon, they were big deep water ports too, but by building a brand new state-of-the-art port, he cut off trade that would normally go into Tyre and Sidon. So they had a big trade disagreement. Now remember, the Via Maris, the main international trade route that came out of Egypt, paralleled the Mediterranean coast Cut over into Galilee near the Sea of Galilee, crossing uh, the Jezreel Valley, and then on up to Damascus. So, that international trade route, maritime shipping would come into Caesarea Maritima, be placed on the trade route, the Via Maris, and then taken either north or south, north up into Damascus, south to Egypt. So, there's a big trade disagreement between Herod and his neighbors up north. Caesarea Maritima, a beautiful, brand new town with a theater, one of the very few theaters that faced west. Greco-Roman theaters almost always faced north or south because you didn't want the sun shining in the eyes of the actors or the audience. But the theater at Caesarea Maritima faces directly west. So the audience is seated in the theater looking out toward the Mediterranean. And of course, the sun sets over the Mediterranean. So if there's a play at night, you'd be looking into the setting sun, which would be rather difficult. But in the morning, the sun is coming up directly behind you if you're sitting in the theater and shining on the stage. That would be an important point in our story. So back to our text. Now having secured the support of Blastus, a trusted personal servant of the king, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply and for all of their trade. They were being cut off economically. So Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. He did that in the theater at Caesarea Maritima. If you walk from the theater to Herod's palace, where Paul stayed when he was in Caesarea Maritima, it's only about a five minute walk. He walked from the palace, entered the theater, stepped up on stage, and was seated on a throne the delegation coming from Tyre and Sidon were in the audience of the theater and they're looking directly at him. It was early in the morning. He sat there and delivered a public address. And we read, they shouted, oh, this is the voice of God, not of a man. And immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, An angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. Now, how cool is that? (laughs) But the word of the Lord continued to increase and spread. And when Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. So we have a brief episode here of Herod collapsing on the stage at Caesarea Maritima, being eaten by worms and died. So what really happened here? What were the worms? Well, almost certainly they were guinea worms. Guinea worms are parasites that live in stagnant water. The little water flies that you see in a stagnant pool of water, they eat the eggs of the guinea worm and the eggs then hatch. Now you can't see them. They're nearly invisible. But it was endemic all throughout Africa, all the way up into uh, Israel of today. So, apparently, by drinking contaminated water, he ingested the guinea worm larvae. And when they began to grow, they eat their way out of you. Ooh, worms, worms. Now... Our contemporary historian Josephus has a really good story about this very thing. And let me read it to you from Josephus's Jewish Antiquities, book 19. Now, after the completion of the third year of his reign over the whole of Judea, Agrippa, Herod Agrippa, came to the city of Caesarea Maritima which had previously been called Strato's Tower. Here, he celebrated spectacles in honor of Caesar, knowing that these had been instituted as a kind of festival on behalf of Caesar's well-being. There is a hippodrome in Caesarea between the theater and the palace, a big hippodrome, so you could go to Caesarea Maritima and have surf and turf. Now, for this occasion there were gathered a large number of men who held office or had advanced to some rank uh, in the kingdom. On the second day of the spectacles, clad in a garment woven completely of silver so that its texture was indeed wondrous, he entered the theater at daybreak. Now imagine Herod entering the theater early in the morning, stepping up on the side of the stage, crossing the stage, the rising sun shining upon him, and he's walking in silver robes that glittered when he walked. What a sight it must have been. It was illuminated by the touch of the first rays of the sun, wondrously, wondrously radiant, and by its glitter inspired fear and awe in those who gazed intently upon it. Straight away, his flatterers raised their voices from various directions though hardly for his good addressing him as a god may you be propitious to us they added and if we have hitherto feared you as a man yet henceforth we agree that you are more than mortal in your being now the king did not rebuke them nor did he reject their flattery as impious But shortly thereafter, he looked up and saw an owl perched on a rope over his head. Oh, that's a bad omen. At once, recognizing this as a harbinger of woe, just as it had been of good tidings at one point, he felt a stab of pain in his abdomen, in his heart. What's going to happen? He was gripped in his stomach by an ache that he felt everywhere at once and that was so intense from the very start that he, could, he couldn't bear it. Leaping up, he said to his friends, I, a God in your eyes, have now bidden to lay down my life for fate brings immediate refutation to the lying words lately addressed to me. I, who was called immortal by you, am now under sentence of death. But I must accept my lot as God wills it. In fact, I have lived in no ordinary fashion, but in the grand style that is hailed as true bliss. Now, even as he was speaking these words, he was overcome by more intense pain. They hastened, therefore, to convey him to the palace, and the word flashed about to everyone that he was on the very verge of death. Straight away, the populace, including the women and children, sat in sackcloth in accordance with their ancestral customs and made entreaty to God on behalf of the king. The sound of wailing and lamentations pervaded everywhere. The king, as he lay in his lofty bedchamber and looked down on the people as they fell prostrate, was not dry-eyed himself exhausted after five straight days of intense pain in the abdomen. He departed this life in the 54th year of his life in A.D. 44, the seventh year of his reign. Herod bites the dust. When the guinea worms begin eating their way out of you, if you go online and you Google guinea worms and look at the pictures, it is truly gross. They come out of your feet. They come out of your abdomen. They come out of your neck. And they look like long, thin strings. It can be three, four feet long. And they're coming out all over you. <laughs> what a way to go. Eaten by worms and died i think that is a really cool really cool story anyhow that brings us to a very quick ending of our monday podcast worms 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 at one point i made a video of this story and if you go on youtube and search worms 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 you may find it and i hope you enjoy it if you do Okay, gang. Thank you very much. I'll be back with you on Wednesday. Bye-bye now.